0: Welcome to ECHO, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. This episode of the ECHO podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University. Welcome to ECHO, the podcast where we talk about faith and life questions that young adults are facing. I'm Ryan Becker, the host, and I'm joined today by two great human beings that I have a ton of respect for. Um, and so I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and we'll start with Joe.
1: Hi, my name is Joe Peretti. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina,
0: and I'm a pastor. Sweet. And Beth, what about you?
2: Beth Grissom. I live here in Charlotte, and um, I am do Women's Ministries.
0: Sweet. Awesome. So um, this one is a touchy one um, for a lot of believers across the spectrum. This is something, today's topic is one that um, traditionally church has not been known for handling well. Um, And in recent years, I think we've come, we, and I mean we, Christianity in general, um, have come under fire for, for good reason. All of the times that scandals and things have been brushed under the rug or we just move someone from one place to the other to avoid something. Um, it's um, I think we're in a place now where I'm actually very grateful for social media for this reason. I think social media is actually causing a um this is my personal opinion, but I think it's causing a revolution in the church, similar to or not revolution, a reformation in the church. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, a reformation. In the idea, in the idea being that social media has given voice back to the everyday person and member. And so we're able to hold people accountable, um, whether it's institutions um or um you know, pastors, churches, you name it, we're able to hold them accountable for the things that they do. In a way that is now they can't hide it as easily anymore. Now, there's the flip side of that where we go too far and mob mentality can be a bad thing. Absolutely. But we're also seeing with things like the Me Too movement or the Church Too movement, we're seeing it, we're seeing justice take a new form in our church and and kind of a renewed form in our in in the Mm -hmm. church because of that. And so i want to, I want to speak life into these issues in a way that hopefully can be constructive in saying like when a scandal breaks, when a leader is caught in something abusive or something terrible or um, a sin, a secret sin, whatever it is, it fractures the community. you start to realize that someone's sin doesn't just impact them, it impacts everyone around them, regardless of what level of authority they have your 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 sins affect your friends even if you're not in a position of authority or your family so um I want to I want to talk, not from not from the perspective of someone who is um, who is seeing abuse in front of them or scandal in front of them, but necess- but I really want to speak to the experience of someone who whose faith gets shook, who gets shaken by these kind of things. How do we navigate when? How do we navigate these times where leaders that we trusted or institutions that we trusted are revealed to be either wolves in sheep's clothing or people that we should never have trusted or people that, you know, may have lost our trust, right? So um, I think the first question I would ask in that is, why do we think the church has such an issue in this area where, I mean, we're looking at evangelical Christianity across the board is now having issues with pastor after pastor after pastor, or um, Catholicism has had it too, and Adventism hasn't been clean mm-hmm. either, right. um, of of leaders who have abused their power in multiple ways. Um, why do you think the church has such an issue in this area? Or do you think it's really not a spotlight on the church, but it's just we're consistent with the rest of the world around us?
2: Good question.
0: I know. (laughs) That's why I asked it. It's okay if you need a second to think. I can share my thoughts while you think if you'd like. Sure, Um, share your thoughts. Cool. So first of all, I think that for predators in any way, shape, or form, predators um, for churches – Specifically, they are meant to be... The system is built to elevate one person... And to have that person have the trust of, of people. So if you're someone who does take advantage of people and manipulate, what better way to do that than with a group of people who literally shows up voluntarily to listen to you? So I think that's number one. And I think eventually your sins catch up to you and that gets revealed because you will mess up along the mm-hmm. way. Two, in in the same way, I think that we idolize leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think we pressure them. And this is not to justify the behavior, the wrong no. behavior of someone, yeah. but we do create an elevated level of expectation around church leaders. And they get so trapped in a corner or feel like they have no way out. When they do have a way out, this is not, once again, this is not writing off anything or dismissing anything, but um, we make them, we can make them feel as if they don't have any options to save themselves when things do start to get bad. You know, what may have started as a simple porn addiction for a pastor could turn into something much worse because that Mm -hmm. pastor never felt like they had, or never knew of a way to ask for help with, with the original addiction. And, um, but there are avenues we need to educate ourselves yeah. and um but i think we idolize leaders and they the leaders buy into that idolization as well they think they have to live up to that expectation so i think those are those are kind of two big things that i think are the reason churches themselves have this issue in a kind of significant way
2: i think it also goes even bigger to this great controversy <laughs> with mm. you know th- yeah. I, I mean Absolutely. the you know Satan was in a high position, right? Yeah. And and you know and he was talented, charismatic. You know what I'm saying? Like you can Yes. <laughs> so there's some there's some similarities. I think I think it really angers him. Yeah. To see those people working for the Lord. So yeah. And he targets. And he and... targets. And when he can get to them, he can also affect yeah. not just their family or his kids or, but entire communities. And like you said, entire churches and, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. So I think it's, well,
1: just think about, you know, deal. the fall, if you have the top of the pecking order, you know, if and they fall, that's a, you know, metaphorically, that's a pretty, it's a dominoes Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a domino effect. Yeah. yeah. They fall, then the next person will fall too. And it's, it, it, it kind of goes with what you were saying. Uh, and I would call it the, kind of that God complex, you know, Every pastor has has yes. that fight. Uh, and I'm not immune to it. Uh, you certainly are not immune to it. We're not immune to that. You know, there's something about this awesome visionary idea of being a pastor and serving and preaching and speaking for God that yeah turns into I'm speaking for God, you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So once you get that, you, you buy into that mentality, then it's... Well, why would you say no to me? Mm. You know, there's no need for you to say no to me. Don't you know I speak for God? Yes. Uh, and that just—that's a whole dark place but to be. I, in. But
2: I also think it's also that we're just a reflection of the general population. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we I don't are. think it's—I don't think it's we're a, people. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and pastors. I mean, I'm pastor's daughter. I know how human you all are. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the
0: other thing too, I think, is our churches naturally don't have great systems of accountability. Uh, Um, We haven't created that for our our pastors very well, our leaders, um, and we haven't created that for ourselves very well either. I would be willing to bet that the majority of church members don't know who to talk to if someone in their church is caught in something and they need to report. Um, They don't know who they can go to if the pastor is the person that is hurting them or hurting someone else and um they don't know who in the conference to talk to in adventism or you know um who which elder to talk to and you don't know how deep the conspiracy runs and if other people know about it um <laughs> because um it is um it is the the other thing too is i think the institution the larger it grows the the greater the need to protect itself um and so the 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 institution as a as an objective kind of being, if we anthropomorphized it, mm-hmm. it, it would be this thing that is like, yeah, I will sacrifice the individual to preserve the the institution, and I don't want to shake up the institution. And that has caused a lot of leaders to cover up things they shouldn't have covered up because they just don't either they don't have the bandwidth to deal with it correctly, they don't have the the resources, or they don't, or they they're tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and these are all. I'm not these are not excuses these are just these are reality these are this is the things that these are the things that people are saying these are the um this is what happens so um for someone then who's seeing this happen in front of their eyes and and who's watched the pastor that they've known their entire lives maybe the pastor that baptized them right um you know how do i how do I respond to that as a believer, as a just a just a just a Christian? Quotes there, um, you know, we're all just Christians, including the pastor that failed. But how do I respond um, to that? Because yeah, I feel like that would shake some faiths. So yeah, what do you think?
1: Uh, it's interesting that there is uh, a Bible section. Um, there's a section in the Bible that addresses this issue and I can't take credit for this, but I remember one of my professors uh, talking about leadership and the, and the real possibility of falling. Mm. Uh, and I never seen this before. We, I, I normally quote this a lot when I'm preaching about, uh, you know, God's love and his unchanging nature. And it's this verse in, in Hebrews where it says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But right before that, he's mentioning about leaders and the possibility that if they fall and the point he was making is that yes that every leader has the potential of, to fall but jesus will never change he never falls in spite of and it's kind of this call to we need to turn our make sure that our eyes and our focus is on the person who never changes you know it can be that i can fall ryan can fall you can fall but Jesus never changes. He is always there. He's constant. And when we begin to address that and embrace that as a community, I think when the fall happens, it won't be as drastic or as detrimental. Uh, There might be the personal loss, you know, kind of the hurt, but it won't be something that changes your faith because your your eyes are still focused on the person that doesn't change.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think— I think what I'm hearing you saying is this this kind of idea of holding your holding your leaders in loose regard. Um, what what I think happens is you, you, you tend, when that ha- when that breaks you go you realize that you were putting your faith in your in the leader. And not in Jesus, and mm-hmm. your faith was dependent on that, and I think the I think you know you' become pastor centric at that point or mm-hmm. leader centric, and so this idea of keeping your faith where it should be yeah. um, matters. I do think that there is the the question that comes up which is, well if God is real, why would he allow this person to mm-hmm. um you know to take advantage of his people that he supposedly cares about? And I get that question like I understand the 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 reason that that question is asked, mm-hmm. and I don't always have a good answer for it. Um, but I, 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 I agree that our, our focus should not be on the leader. And I, you know, if a friend lies to me, I don't suddenly doubt God because a friend lied to me. Mm-hmm. Um, why am I going to doubt God if a, you know, I, I don't want to doubt God if a pastor lies to me. Mm-hmm. It's not, it tells me that my faith wasn't in the God behind the pastor at that point. It was, I just liked what the pastor had to say or what the pastor did for me. And, um, so I think it is a, it's a wrong focus there. And it means that, yeah, we do hold our leaders to an impossible regard. They will never meet that standard. Yeah, We do it with pastor's kids all the time. <laughs> we expect them to be really? more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> shot, yeah, um, That's like, that's news. Um, it is. We do it to pastor's kids all the time. We hold them to the standard that they'll never meet. Yeah. Um, they basically have to be better than Jesus was uh, as a pastor's kid. Yeah. And um, and that's sad. Um, we don't let every, every pastor knows this. Um there you want to share a story in a sermon that shows that you're just like your members but you can't be too transparent mm-hmm. yes. or else you get in trouble and so every pastor has those safe stories of their time in sin but it wasn't anything that you know mm-hmm. anyone would start to doubt or question their leadership but every pastor has stuff in their past that would make people question right. their right. leadership mm-hmm. and and we can't because we can't talk and be authentic as fully as we'd like to because of this expectation that is both we put on ourselves and people put on us. So it's a cultural thing is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, yeah it's a really big cultural thing. And I think we, we've we got to start with as many of the little things as we possibly can, you know, being as transparent as we can, being as vulnerable as we can um, as leaders. But, you know, I remember a story when I was a little girl um, and an elder was getting on to me because I was misbehaving. Shocker. I've misbehaved all the time. And, never changes. Um, <laughs> <I love that laughs> no, never you. changes. And uh, my, my mother overheard him scolding me and the part that she got made her really mad was when he said you know you have to behave because you're the pastor's daughter and my mom stood up and got up in his face and screaming at him which you can imagine how well that went over but her words I will never forget which is she will not behave because she is a pastor's daughter, but because she is a she is a Steen, and she is my daughter, mm-hmm. and she is our daughter. But it has nothing to do with her dad's chosen profession. Yeah, and you know mm-hmm. that. Uh, but then they echoed that over and over and over again throughout my life. But but we need to... <laughs> those things need to be said to some elders, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah, 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 and they yeah. need to be said to some deacons yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. to some people. And you know, but then but then it's also. But I have to say this idea that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, I agree with that 100%. Right? Mm. That is the, you yeah. know, that's However, that's not an excuse for us Christians to behave badly. Correct. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, Correct. <laughs> because mm-hmm. we are supposed to be the hands. You it's know what I'm fun saying? You've been watching,
0: you have this like slightly concerned look on your face for the last 5 <laughs> minutes. And I've been curious to hear it now I know why. Yeah, yeah but that and really bugs that me. Like, yes. you know,
2: people will say, you know, when when someone says, you know, I was offended by so and so, well, you know, you shouldn't be looking at them. You just need to look at yes, Jesus. Yeah. Give me a break. That doesn't give us mm-hmm. a r- license to be rude and Absolutely. nasty and unkind and no. unloving. So, so the, you know, on the other hand, we have got to keep our eyes on Jesus. I mean that, you know, and put our trust and faith in him. I mean, I mean, since I said we need to get vulnerable, I'll be vulnerable. <laughs> at one point, uh, when I was working, I was spending a lot of time away from home. I had some moments where I was, um, stressing about my marriage. Now that, Chris had never given me any reason to ever worry about anything. I mean, he'd never done a thing. But this world and the devil can get in your Mm -hmm. brain. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm driving up to Pisgah one day, and I start thinking about him not being faithful. And the next thing I know, I mean, he has seven wives, you know, (laughs) like in my mind, in my mind, (laughs) folks. And and as I'm driving, I'm just, you know, I start crying out to God, like, what the world? What's going on with me? Why am I in this spiral, right, of this, uh, you know? Yeah horrible thinking. And I finally, you know, came to the conclusion that I can't, I I can't guarantee that my husband will never, right? Like, I don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. The devil may get, I mean, I might find out tomorrow he has seven wives. But <laughs> but if that is to happen, I know that I was supposed mm-hmm. to marry him because I prayed about that. And I was really convicted that he was, mm-hmm. and, and then God knew, right? So he's going to walk through this journey with me. God is going to be with me in this process. And I'm putting my trust in God, and I am living my life for God, all Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've got to put my trust and faith. And then if and when anything horrific like that were to happen, then, you know, I'm I'm still just trusting yeah. in God because I can't love anyone fully, and I can't minister to anyone fully, or connect with anyone fully if I'm constantly worried yeah. about but what if, but what if, but yeah. what if.
0: And I think, in, in to add on to what you're saying there too, marrying him, you know, if if that was the case, marrying him definitely was in God's will based on, you know, how you interpreted those prayers and, and those yeah. answers to prayer, right? And at some point, he steps out of God's will, right? And um, it's it's not that um, God wanted you to get married because you'd have to go through that or anything. No. It was someone stepped out of God's will to That's do right. this thing, That's and right. now there are mm-hmm. these are the repercussions of free will. And I think the, right. the 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 other side of that is, you know, we do tell in in agreeing with what you've what you've said with the caution of. Um, this idea that we would never tell well we do tell unfortunately, but I would hope we we stop telling people well, you just need to go home and uh, we would never tell someone who 's being hurt by an abuser. well, you just need to keep your eyes on jesus you know your your husband or your wife is in infall- is, is you know fallible they 'll make mistakes, but you know you need to continue living with them and trust trust that <laughs> Jesus is going to carry you through no, don't do but that. we do that with Oh, well, you shouldn't have your eyes on these abusive church members that are hurting you and Mm -hmm, causing you harm and and damaging your faith and your livelihood. That's right. Um, But just keep Mm -hmm. your eyes on Jesus, but stick it out with them. That's not right either no. so um, no. I agree with you it's not keeping your eyes on Jesus is not a distraction or dismissal of the reality yes. of the fractured situation but it is I think faith is not the, the is not the thing that saves you from the journey it's the thing that gives you endurance for the to journey to get through the journey yeah. yep. exactly Exactly. that's so right it's that's not right. it's not a fast forward button Mm-mm. but it's the thing <laughs> that lets you press play to get through it yeah. um, to just
1: yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it's not something to um, dismiss it. it it kind of just gives you the anchor during that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as you mentioned, you know, there's there's this element of free will and, uh, you know, it's, we're free radicals. You know, it's just like, what's going to happen at any moment? My wife can choose to walk out, you know, and leave me with a one-year-old and four churches. And what am I going to do? You know, that's that's her choice. But in the process, it's kind of that that story yeah. of Jesus in the boat while sleeping with the uh, With the disciples you know here they feel that they're all by themselves but he's right there constantly you can always turn around and and know he's right there in the midst of the storm and he doesn't change you know he can bring it but that will never you know there's no room to say oh well you know you can do whatever you want
0: choose, yeah live however you (laughs) yeah absolutely and i think i think um and so that no one thinks we're just trash talking spouses here. I don't have a spouse to trash talk. I'm fine. Um, I think the other side of this too is, all things equal, it's also equally likely that you would do it to your wife or exactly. you would do it to Absolutely. your husband. Like it's, Absolutely. it is equally likely. So this isn't a reflection on either of them. No, please, thank I could, you. I appreciate yeah, you yeah, clarifying. No, I, yeah, I, I, I just, I could walk out on my dog tomorrow. My dog could run away from me tomorrow. Um, it, like it's that's that's the closest thing I got. I'm sorry. Um, it it is um. I think I think walking through the journey and remembering that there's more to this um, than just the isolated incident in, in a church and understanding mm-hmm. that people will fail. Yeah. It's not to dismiss the heinous act that has taken place, but it's understanding that there's a bigger story and a bigger narrative here. And um, we need to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's, gives us perspective. It helps us get away from the fire big enough to see that there's a fire. It's not. <laughs> there's a whole fire. There's the other end to the fire. We can, we can, um, and so it does elevate our perspective and it, and it helps us g- gain the tools necessary to move forward. Mm-hmm. And if it does mean that you need to walk away from a relationship, if it means you need to walk away from a church community that is that has been harmful and the place is so traumatic, you can't be there, I, PTSD is real. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 100%. I get it. Yeah. Your faith is not defined by your church membership or which building you are in on any Absolutely. given weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it is defined by your relationship with Jesus Christ, and yes. that is the thing that needs to be preserved mm-hmm. at all costs. Yes. So, um, and I don't yeah. say that lightly.
2: Well, it's it's really the same principle. You know, if, if if we're clinging too much to our leaders, then when our leaders fall, we're devastated, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. in even in that process, if, you know, we've got to put our focus on clinging to Jesus, let that be the goal, let, you know, to continually mm-hmm. keep clinging yep. to him mm-hmm. and not...
0: Yep. And remind yourself of the people in your life that have been positive role models yes. of faith. And, and don't, you know, there is room for positive role models still. Yes. Yeah, even if sure. the faith or the trust is shaken, to remember the people in your life that have helped you get to where you are is a big thing, too. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Any final thoughts, words of encouragement um, for anyone out there?
2: Other than gen- just say, I'm sorry. You know, mm-hmm. when that happens, it's, it's so incredibly devastating. And I don't want us to, you know, in what we said, to minimize the devastation. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And I, I praise God that we serve a God who is the great comforter, you know, mm-hmm. who's willing to comfort us in this process mm-hmm. and through the process. But, you know, it hurts. And so I'm sorry. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, find people who can come alongside you during that process of yeah. mourning.
0: I would agree. Um, I think we read the Bible sometimes and think everything just happened back to back to back to back, but um, it does. Everything happens over a long period of time. I mean, you look at Job. Who, you, if you read Job just all the way through, you get the impression it just happened one minute right. after the next. But he and his friends sat in seven days in silence. Yeah, seven days, seven nights in complete silence before anyone said a word. You know, just sitting on the remnant and rubble of his life. Right. Um, it's okay to hurt. And it's okay to grieve and to take the space that you need in order to make that happen and to take care of yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for the perspectives you guys have brought. Um, Joe, any last words from you? You good?
1: I right, was just going to say, yeah. it, it might if the hurt is that deep, it might be time to find a new community. Um, mm. There's nothing wrong with with searching you know, those friends that can stay for seven days, seven nights in total silence.
0: Yeah. So... Um, Thank you guys so much for listening for being a part of this journey with us. Um, if you are in a situation where you are wrestling because of this very issue, um, we are sorry that you were ever having you were ever have to put into that been put into that situation. Um, we're sorry for anything that has happened to you. Um and we we are praying for you. We hope that you can um recover from this and journey through this with God and and know that he is by your side. Um and if you do want to engage with any other content that, um, and any other episodes of Echo or, or anything else that the Carolina Conference is putting out, go ahead and head on over to theprojectrefresh.org and you can go check out all of that. So thank you guys so much for joining with us. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University.